It was a weird weekend in LA because they had to play a doubleheader. The Dodgers won the series. Tony Gonsolin might be done for the year. Julio Diaz looked good. We got an answer on JD Martinez. And we're going to talk about some small ball and talk about a bunch of other things. That's what's on tap. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Lockdown Dodgers. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Lockdown, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create an account and use the code Lockdown MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. You can find Lockdown Dodgers wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for our name. And if you never want to miss a day and become part of the exclusive group called the Everydayers, all you got to do is listen every day and you can make that easy on yourself by subscribing wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. If this is your first time listening or watching, I'm Ben Samperio, joined by my co-host Jeff Snyder. And we're both lifelong Dodger fans that have been Dodger fans all of our lives. We've watched the team a lot. We've covered the team. We've been in the press box, been in the locker room, been in spring training been around the country to watch the Dodgers. And we're here to bring you every Monday through Friday, about 30 minutes of uh, our knowledge and thoughts on the Dodgers. And that's what we're here to do today. It was, like I mentioned in the start, a little bit of a weird weekend. Uh, there was a hurricane coming toward the SoCal area. So MLB preemptively moved all the SoCal baseball games to from Sunday to doubleheader on Saturday. So we had no Dodger baseball to watch on Sunday. But the good thing is that they won two games on Saturday to win the series against the Marlins after getting destroyed and losing the winning streak on Friday. So there's a lot to get into. But first, Jeff, there was a lot that happened over the weekend. Uh, you know, we'll talk about Tony Gonsolin extensively in his own segment. Uh, he, you know, Friday's game, there wasn't much other than Tony Gonsolin was not good again. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much it for them. But then Saturday, like I said, doubleheader. We saw Ryan Pepio return to the Dodgers. He looked good. So let's talk a little bit there with just from Pepio, what we saw. He said that he has more confidence after his stint last year, and it showed a little bit on Sunday. I mean, on Saturday. Yeah, it, it for sure did. And realistically, I mean, Pepio, he's got great stuff. We, he's a guy we always expected to be successful. And uh, one thing that stood out to me, was that, uh, you know, the changeup has always been his top pitch, but he had a lot of success with his fastball and his slider on Saturday. And so that slider really is going to be the pitch that sets him apart and makes him a big league starter is if he can get consistent with that. And for me, that was the big, the big Pepio takeaway was the slider looked good. And, you know, the fastball plays up when the slider's working, the, the changeup plays up when the slider's working, both of them play off the fastball. You got to have that third pitch. And uh, I think that was the biggest issue. Well, two biggest issues and maybe related last year. Why Pepio struggled sometimes was the slider wasn't consistent. So the changeup was only off-speed pitch. And so he maybe felt like he had to be more fine, too perfect with it. And so he wasn't throwing it in the strike zone enough or not close enough to get chases. And so I feel like that slider is going to be really the differentiator. If he can command it the way he did on Saturday, uh, I think there's a lot of potential there. 
Yeah, he provided the bulk innings on Saturday. He ended up going five innings after Caleb Ferguson threw the first inning, struck out five, uh, just gave up the one run. The Dodgers did come back later in that game. The big thing was the five innings, too, because the Dodgers had a doubleheader and Tony Gonson didn't make it out of the fourth inning on Friday. So they were going to have a lot of, they had a lot of innings to cover that day and then a doubleheader on Saturday. So it was good for him to get those innings. Brian Yarbrough threw two innings. So between those two guys, they got seven, Ferguson and, and Phillips. But in that game, it was a close game. The Dodgers were down 1-0 for most of the game. And then they got some runners on. And Austin Barnes came to the plate. And, you know, Austin Barnes has become a little bit of a run producer this last week. And Austin Barnes, the run producer, put a bunt down that was perfectly placed. Josh Bell threw it away. The, Dodgers, it would, the run would have scored anyways, but the run that allowed the runners to advance. Next batter, Mookie Betts, hits a single, brings in two runs. And now the Dodgers are up 3-1 in that eighth inning going into the ninth with Evan Phillips who made easy work in that ninth inning. So it just, you know, uh, Austin Barnes, we've talked about a lot. We've, we've both said that, you know, Phantom IL or something that maybe should have been the case, but we're past that point. We can't do anything about it. He's on the roster. And if he's on the roster and he can contribute little things like he has, you know, the last week or the last week, the home run in the one zero game, you know, he's done, he's bunted like three or four times in the last couple of weeks as well. So, you know, he's starting to recognize that he can help out in other ways, especially since he's not hitting. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was always confounding all season why he's been so bad. Cause like we talked about before, he had a good world baseball classic uh, and there's no obvious reason that he was so bad. And, and so it was always like, well, you keep expecting it to turn around, but after a while we're just like, well, maybe it's never going to turn around. So let's, you know, give somebody else a try. Maybe it is starting to turn around though a little bit, you know, he's, he's getting some hits. He's, He's putting the bat on the ball, hitting the ball reasonably hard at times, and he can bunt. And I mean, back in, in the 2020 World Series, he had that game where he had a, a squeeze bunt to drive in a run, and he hit a home run in the same game. You know, it, it's kind of – he's not going to be a big home run hitter, but he's got some pop when he's hitting well, and we saw that the other day. But that, that bunt, he is probably the best bunter on the Dodgers, at least the best bunter among anybody we ever might actually realistically see bunt. And uh, it was kind of interesting in the post-game show after that game, um, you know, obviously Harrison and Nomar were, you know, so excited about the bunt. You know, they they, they love their small ball and everything. Um, and, and, you know, I, I love small ball too when it's runner on third, one out, and Austin Barnes at the plate, because especially a runner like James Outman. You've got speed on third, you've got a good bunter at the plate, and it's a tie game or you're down by one run. Yeah. Get that run in. It was the perfect time to do it. And I was glad, you know, Barnes almost got the bunt down on the first pitch, barely bunted it foul, almost a great bunt. And I was glad they went right back to it. Um, but one of the points that I really liked that I think it was Nomar that made it, but it could have been Hairston, was that because teams don't bunt much anymore, teams also don't work on bunt defense a lot anymore. And so, like, I, I, I'm sure part of the equation was Dave Roberts saying, they have Josh Bell at first base. Josh Bell. Uh, if you were to draw a picture of a guy, Hey, draw me a, a guy who looks like a great athlete. Who's terrible at baseball. You would draw Josh bell, you know? And, and uh, and that is, I, I think they recognized we don't got good defense at first base, Bunt the ball at Josh bell. Good things are going to happen. He's not going to get James Outman out. They probably couldn't have in their wildest dreams guessed he's going to throw the ball to the backstop and we'll end up with two runners in scoring position. But I think it was almost a guaranteed run. Barnes get that bunt down because teams don't practice bunt defense and Josh Bell's bad at defense. And so uh, I, I really love that bunt call and I love Barnes's execution. 
Yeah, bun attempts that lead directly to a run. You said this a lot before. Are the types of bunts I want? Bunt attempts that lead you to getting ninety feet closer to a run. Not always in favor because it's not a guarantee. So, uh, but and then the other game was also three to one on Saturday, but a little bit different. Uh, the Dodgers went down early on a Josh Bell home run, but then uh, Mookie Betts went to work. We'll talk more about Mookie Betts a little bit later, but you know he went to work two home runs in front of LeBron James, who was there for LeBron James bobblehead night. So that was a fun moment, which we'll get into. But real quick, let's give more love to Julio. We, I've, I Last time he pitched, I said, I don't know if I'm fully ready to say he's back, but that he's pitching better right now. And uh, he continues to do that. He went seven innings, just the one run. He got out of a jam in that seventh inning, which, you know, like I said the other day, I want to see these guys in those types of situations where they're maybe getting pushed a little bit. You know, normally A. Roberts might have not even let him go out for the seventh inning. He let him go out for the seventh. He let him stay in the seventh, and uh, he got rewarded. And it was just, you know, a good start from Julio. And he said that he's not working out, worrying about mechanics and everything else anymore. He's just kind of pitching now. And uh, he's had, you know, a lot of good starts. What was that four or five strings? Is good starts now. So. Yeah, it was a perfect storm between Gonsolin not going deep on Friday, the doubleheader on Saturday, and Julio's reasonable pitch count. It was the perfect storm for him to come out back out there for the seventh inning. And uh, yeah, I mean, he he did work through that jam, and he looked really, really good. We, we talked before, Julio's never had the, the huge stuff. Um, it, it's more of a command thing with Julio. When he's commanding the ball, he's going to be effective. And that's what he was doing on Saturday. And it was, it was everything we could hope for from Julio. That version of Julio could be a big weapon in the postseason. Yeah. And that's what gets you excited for the postseason. You know, a good Julio because a good Julio, a good Kershaw and everyone else that's been pitching well and throwing well, and you'd be able to use uh, both well for the Dodgers. So one of the people that's not throwing well and that may not throw again this season, Tony Gonsolin, that's what we're going to talk about next. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. If you ever been stressed for tickets, the Dodgers have a lot of bobbleheads coming up. And you know, let's just say, oh, you didn't get tickets when they were when they first came out, and now you know maybe the tickets you want aren't there or they're sold out. Whatever the case is, tickets are never really sold out, especially with the Game Time app. All you got to do is go on the Game Time app and check it out. They got killer t- deals. You can get last minute tickets. You can buy tickets a week before. You can buy tickets an hour before whatever you need they have the press press price guarantee so you don't got to worry about buying too early because they'll still get you on the back end if you find tickets that are cheaper in the same section in row and they'll pay you 110 of the difference so the game time guarantee is there for you so make sure to download the game time app check it out i've used game time a few times this season uh not for me particularly but for getting tickets for others or helping people get tickets for others so it's useful it's good they've been having some of the lowest prices of the season right there on game time so go check it out and get the fastest growing ticketing app in the country snag the tickets without the stress with game time and remember if you download the game time app create an account and use the code locked on mlb you can get 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed We want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen. Become an everydayer and listen every day, Monday through Friday. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. If you cannot watch the Dodger game, but you want to be a part and you still want to listen, SiriusXM or the SXM app can help you out. All you got to do is search Dodgers during the game and you can get the home broadcast for any game. So go check that out. 
All right, Jeff. So Tony Gonsolin did not pitch well. He gave up 10 runs in three and a third inning on Friday. The Dodgers win streak was uh, there and gone very quickly. He gave up a home run. He improved in the first inning by not giving up a home run on the first pitch. He gave it up on the second pitch this time. Mookie Betts got him back in the in the bottom of the first. So it looked like, okay, now we can settle in. Uh, but then Gonsolin never really quite settled in. After the game, we finally found out what is wrong with Gonsolin, and they said it was his elbow that had been bothering him. Everything that happened since then, he went on the injured list with forearm tightness. He Dave Roberts essentially said he's probably not going to pitch the rest of the season. Uh, we, you know, obviously they're going to run some tests. He said they're going to run some tests and see everything else. It feels weird that we knew that something was wrong with him the whole time. That they never mentioned what it was. That they kept letting him pitch. Everything else. I don't remember if it was Robert Tergonson. One of them said that basically him continuing to pitch wasn't going to make whatever it was any worse, which is interesting because now they're going to run tests. So does something else hurt? Who knows? All in all, it's a big jumbled mess to say, Tony Gonsolin, uh, we hope you're better in 2024. Yeah, it, it does sound like, I think it was Roberts who said that. And it sounds like everybody agreed, including the medical staff, that it wasn't something that would get worse. And And so the fact that they're running tests now, Maybe it's just once they decided uh, it's affecting his effectiveness too much to let him keep pitching. Well, now let's really dig in, see what's wrong and what the best course of action is. I've seen a lot of vitriol directed towards Gonsolin. And I understand it. Like we, we all love the Dodgers. We want the Dodgers to win. We wanted the win streak to last forever. And that was a major clunker. And he's had a lot of clunkers this season, unfortunately. Um, but I feel like, I think Gonson deserves a lot of credit to pitch hurt knowing that, I mean, the Dodgers have been ravaged by injuries this year. They have had the worst luck. I, I think I saw they've had the most uh, injured list days of any team in baseball this year. Um, and obviously probably the most endless salary too. Um, and, and they needed Tony Gonson, even if it was just to go out and pitch. I mean, he pitched better than, Noah Syndergaard did for the most part. Uh, he pitched his ERA is better than, uh, you know, Emmett Sheehan's was or Gavin Stone's was, even though, you know, yeah, maybe I, I feel like it's easy to look past the fact that the Dodgers really, really needed Gonsolin to do what he's done this year. They're on pace for hundred wins. And a lot of it is because he kept taking the ball, even though he wasn't able to be his best self he sacrificed his own personal stats. That's going to hurt him when it comes to arbitration. Um, this his career ERA has gone up this year, all that stuff. And and he kept taking the ball because the Dodgers needed him to. So, yeah, I wish Gonson was healthy. I wish he was effective. Uh, but I I have a lot of respect for him doing what the team needed him to do. Yeah, he signed a two-year deal before, right? So at least one year of arbitration, he won't, it won't affect him too much. But, yeah, I mean – in the moment you're upset that Gonsolin is not good like it's one of those things like especially like how this is how I felt was like I'm upset that Gonsolin's not performing but I'm also upset that we know that he's compromised and he still is going out there pitching and when the Dodgers didn't have any starting pitchers that was completely fine like you had to do that there was no other way but now they've had you know Pepio's been built up for at least couple weeks almost if you were you know he's going longer than he could have gone longer than Gonson did on most days you know Sheehan's down there and I know they wanted to slow maybe his innings down but he's still down that you know they had guys now and uh you know just finally reached that point where he's not getting any returns before 
you know, he had the one good start right before, but ever, you know, but the start before that, he gave up six runs in six innings. Uh, the Dodger ended up scoring a lot of runs that game, so it worked out for them. But this one, you know, there was just no way around it. Uh, his ERA in the last his last seven starts was seven one three. Last fifteen starts was six one five. You know, after that good start to the season, he just kind of continued to wear down, which is you know definitely related to that injury. So. Yeah, and, and the one thing I, I did see a lot was, you know, people trying to make Gonsolin less than what he was. Gonsolin has been a good – you know, I saw people like, oh, he, he's only had one good half or blah, blah, blah. You know, Tony Gonsolin's been a very good pitcher his entire time being here. He's outperformed his peripherals a little bit, not as much as some people were leading – you know, maybe leading on on social media. And this year, it, it, it's one of those where, like, I don't think, oh, this is the Tony Gonsolin and he's been, you know, uh, was it smoking mirrors? Smoke the last mirrors couple of years. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's been smoking mirrors. I think he's a good pitcher. He's a solid, you know, number three, number four type pitcher that can pitch better than that at times. This year he's been compromised, and I'm, we're hoping that that's what it is. That this year his arm was just cooked. He didn't have his stuff, and he can get back healthy next year and contribute the way he's been contributing before. Yeah, for me, Pepio is really the only the only guy who you could say between you know innings limits and expected effectiveness in the big leagues. He's really the only one you could say, Oh, he makes sense as the replacement uh, for Gonsolin. And then, you know, Pepio really just in the last couple of weeks got ready, got built up and Gonsolin's last start, he was really good. And so there was like that. They weren't going to take him out of the rotation after that one. So it was like, well, okay, well yeah, I, I think they really like Yarbrough's role of, you know, I and mean, he's saving the bullpen. I, I think, I think he's in a great role where he is. And so, you know, for me, I, I think it was probably like, okay, well, next time Gonsolin has a crappy start, then we'll shut him down for the year and we'll bring up Pepio. And seems like that's probably what they're doing now because it was definitely a crappy start. Yeah. We got a little bit of news on the J.D. Martinez front. So J.D. Martinez did play on Friday and Saturday night. He didn't play in the day game on Friday and Saturday. Dave Roberts – Kind of answered on why they didn't put on the injured list. One was because, you know, they feel like it's not a long-term thing. It's been a day-to-day thing. And it just really, you know, with the time to, with the amount of time has been scratched like an hour before the game starts right after batting practice, it's, I guess, day-to-day. Uh, but then he just kind of mentioned that with the, with the fact that there's a DH in the National League now, it doesn't hurt a lot for them to have one guy down. Um, because there's not as much substitutions, although I fight that a little considering they have the platoon guys and they, you know, once a pitcher switches arms, there's a chance that they're switching two guys out of the game into the game. Uh, so it does leave them a little bit compromised later in the game if they wanted to get back to a right-handed hitter, but we got finally got to guess an answer. So, yeah. And, and I do think if, if JD's extended downtime the other week, hadn't coincided with facing so many lefties. I do think they probably would have put him on the aisle and brought up Michael Bush, um, but I don't think they were ready for Miguel Vargas to come up. And so it's like, well, we're not going to bring up Yanni Hernandez just to have a guy on the roster because, you know, Yanni Hernandez is only slightly better than J.D. Martinez sitting on the bench, you know. Uh, and and so, yeah, that didn't make sense. And, and all in all, it probably makes sense the way they did it. And, uh yeah, hopefully. I, I One thing that was interesting was J.D. did say that if it flares up again, it likely would mean an IL stint. 
um, to try to make sure that it doesn't happen in October. He also said that everything he's been facing lately, if it was October, he would be in the lineup. It's been more of a try to get ahead of it so that it isn't an issue in October, uh, but he could have played if it was the playoffs the way he was feeling during those whatever eight days that he was off or whatever. Yeah, and then the other piece of news was that they identified it as his adductor. So, you know. We'll see. Like I said, uh, we'll see how the fight treats him to, to Cleveland and see if he gets in there. At this point, you know, the Dodgers division-wise are what, 10 and a half, 11 games up now on the Giants. Like The division's not as much of a concern, so they can slow play it. They do get the extra roster spot here in the next two or less than two weeks. So at this point, even if he gets scratched late, uh, the IL stand would be more for him and these next 10 days or so rather than, you know, really benefiting what the Dodgers need. So we'll see what happens. Mookie Betts had another big weekend. We just talked about him for MVP, but now there's more talk of about him, not just MVP race, but just uh, general baseball history. So that's what's on tap. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day. If we're not your first listen of the day, all you got to do is go to YouTube or go wherever you get your podcast, search Lockdown Dodgers, and listen every single day. And you can become a part of the Everydayers. It's a great club to be a part of. And if you want to listen to the home broadcast for any Dodger game because you can't watch, you can do so with SiriusXM or the SXM app. All you got to do is search Dodgers, and the home broadcast is there for you. Last part, we're going to talk about Mookie Betts had a home run on Friday. He had in the game that ultimately didn't matter, uh, but he was the difference in Saturday night's game. He hit two home runs and saluted LeBron James up in the suites after both of those home runs. It was a good moment, fun moment for LA, fun moment for Mookie and LeBron, fun moment for MLB, you know, getting the, getting some LeBron, you know, that was seen everywhere, obviously. So all in all, that was fun. Um, and in just in general, seeing all, seeing all that happen, uh, especially, you know, Los Angeles, we're known for the stars out here now. And, and those two are some two of the biggest stars in their respective sports and in sports in general, at least in, in the U.S. for sure. So beyond that, Mookie Betts moved up uh, past everyone else in Fangraph's war for highest uh, in the National League. Not highest in baseball, highest in the National League. So he passed Ronald Acuna. He had three more home runs, so he's getting closer to tying his last year's uh, season or career high and passing that. And he's doing something else if he continues to hit home runs and drive in runs, right, Jeff? Yeah, he uh, he is currently on pace for 44 home runs, 45 home runs, and 123 RBIs. Both of those would say he he every one of his homers and RBIs has come out of leadoff spot this year. He's only had two plate appearances all year, not in the leadoff spot. Um and, and so all of that has come in the leadoff spot. The record for most RBIs out of the leadoff spot in a season is 103. Mookie's on pace for 113. Only two guys have even gotten to 100. Uh Charlie Blackman had 103 in 2017 and Darren Erstad at 100 in 2000. He's also on pace for 45 home runs. The most home runs ever out of the leadoff spot is 39. George Springer in 2019 and Alfonso Soriano in 2006 had 39 homers out of the leadoff spot. Brady Anderson, the year that he hit 50 home runs, uh, only 35 of them came out of the leadoff spot. And so Mookie 
uh, he's already tied for the well, last year's season is tied for uh, eighth most with 35 homers out of the leadoff spot. And now he's got 34 this year, which is tied for 11th most ever. Mookie realistically has a very, very good chance to set the major league record for most home runs and RBIs out of the leadoff spot in a season. Baseball's been played for a long time. Every single game has two guys batting leadoff. And Mookie is going to do some potentially do something that nobody has ever done out of the leadoff spot. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and you know, there's always going to be a caveat of leadoff hitters were different back in the day, but regardless, the you know, leadoff spot's been changed for a little while now and you know, there's always been outlier you know ricky henderson was a little bit of an outlier in, in his time and you know he never caught got quite uh high, as high as mookie's getting so yeah it, it's incredible to see he and we talked about it before you know kind of the way he started having a little bit more power when he joined the dodgers but overall like average wise and everything else had dropped a little bit he's getting on top of that now he's been on fire the last couple weeks he's hitting singles and, you know, mostly singles and home runs. He throws in a double or every so often in there. But, you know, he's right near 300 now, hitting 298. He's OPS in 989. I think he passed the Cunha in, in OPS over the weekend. OPS plus of 160. Like, he is having the best year of his career since his MVP year in 2018, um, at least right now, pacing for it. Uh, his 2019 was really, really good as well. And that's kind of what he's similar numbers where he's at now. But even then, he's out outpacing that so you know Mookie turned 30 and and this year and you know the Dodgers still have him for a long time and a lot more guys are having you know peaks or prime early in their career Mookie's you know had that peak in prime early in his career and now he's having it again uh in this time and, and this is kind of where the original prime years were so if we're going to get this type of Mookie for at least a few more years uh it's just even more exciting than already knowing that we have Mookie for a lot more years yeah, for sure. It, it's ridiculous what he's doing. And I mean, he's such a good hitter. He's not just a power hitter. He's, he's not even a power hitter. It's like, that's the crazy thing. Like, you know, in the home run derby, they had the four, if you hit two home runs, 440 feet, you get the, the extra 30 second bonus or whatever. And uh, Mookie Betts has never hit a home run 440 feet in his career. Uh, probably not even in batting practice. He didn't come close in the home run derby. He tore into one you know, a couple weeks ago, the one that led that dude to name his daughter after Mookie, and it went 436. I think that is the max of Mookie's power. And yet he's got so much, you know, 380 to 420 power. Like it's it's crazy. And I mean, he's tiny. He's three foot tall, 74 pounds, and yet he hits a ton of home runs and he's a great hitter. That that game after the Austin Barnes bunt when it's second and third one out and Mookie came up and he ripped a line drive. Like it was not uh, some of the, the hits that Mookie gets, you would think, well, this guy doesn't hit home runs. He's just a, a line drive hitter. He's a gap to gap kind of guy, but he is great at turning on the ball when he gets a pitch to hit. It's it, if he gets it in uh, what uh, some radio announcer called the go zone. Um, you know, if Mookie gets it in the go zone, he hits the ball really, really well. And it's hard to find somebody who's more fun to watch than Mookie right now. Yeah, definitely. And I, I saw a tweet, you know, saying, you know, maybe Mookie's always had this type of power. He just had a big wall in left field. Uh, you know, he's not, he doesn't hit monstrous home runs. He hits line drive home runs. And 
I'm sure if they went back and looked at the data, you know, I'm sure the monster robbed a couple that would have been home runs, maybe at Dodge Stadium. Yeah, maybe. Uh, real, yeah, real quick, uh, one little bit of news that probably won't affect, but uh, we'd be remiss not to mention it. Dodgers signed Colton Wong to a minor league deal. Depth, you know, Yanni Hernandez is the middle infield depth at the moment. So Colton Wong, I guess, you know, in theory could fit that role if they needed him. I wouldn't read into it too much in terms of like, oh, they're getting them for when rosters expand or anything like that. But, um, you know, just preparing themselves, I guess, in case something happens. Yeah. I mean, we're not that far from removed from Wong being a good hitter. 2022, he had a 117 OPS plus. He was also elite defensively. Um, this year, he's been really bad offensively and defensively, which is why he was available on a minor league contract. So uh, he's 30, almost 33 years old. You know, maybe he's just done. But, you know, maybe maybe he does come back. But, yeah, I, I, I'd i be very, very surprised if we see him in a Los Angeles Dodgers uniform this year. Something went wrong if we see him in Los Angeles. Yeah. Dodgers. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Uh, hopefully everyone is safe. At least where I'm at, the, it was just mostly rain from this little Hurricane Hillary. But I know some other areas were more affected. So I hope everybody's doing all right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen. Remember, become a part of the Everydayers and listen every Monday through Friday. You can find us where you find podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family. Season's getting down to it. The Dodgers team is looking exciting. You might as well start listening to them and getting your friends and family to listen to bottom as well. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's 91. You can DM either one of us if you have a question, comment, or concern. You can find you can also get a hold of us via email, lockedondodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-LOCK. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or if you're at home, tell your smart device by podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.